Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Where's my pen? What? I don't know. Welcome oh. to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. I, in fact, do not have your pen, Doc. Oh. Thank you. I'm a little disturbed. I like to point it around at no one here in the studio with me the imaginary but, yeah. person yeah it really it's it's throwing me off i'm gonna have to find it a little bit later but nonetheless it is another wednesday yes! we are excited to be here um, there we are. dave we've had some amazing guests on the show am i right so true dude the list just keeps going man yeah on, and on. yeah i'm i've been very happy with the guests um, that we've been able to get on our show. And uh, on Instagram, the show follows all former guests. That's right. Show, you know? Indeed. Because we love to see them promote their artistry. Love to see them interact with their fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to be negative, Dave. Nope. You know, I don't like to be a negative Nancy. Nope. But No, we do not. I've I've noticed a disturbing trend. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is so, that? So, um, I've noticed that a lot of our guests, when they come on the show, uh, they mm-hmm. don't really promote their appearance on our show on their platform, which which I don't mind. I don't mm-hmm. mind. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't see any post about our show. I don't see a repost from our show. I don't see them mm-hmm. being like, "Hey, come on, uh, check out this show," you know. But that's fine. And I will say yeah. that's not the case by the way for Band of Heathens, Ida May, Anthony Davis, Mike Charette, Carbon Leaf, couple of others out there. They have. They have. So they've been, they've been showing love. So props to them. Very nice. Uh enjoy it. But uh, regardless, many many of the guests uh, did not promote anything about being on our show, which is cool. Maybe they want to keep their posts just about their work. It's not about uh, promoting shows they've been on. I get it. So I was fine yeah, we with We don't it. take it personal. Yeah. But recently, I've kept noticing these guests going on other podcasts. Hmm. Oh. Other shows. And promoting these shows on their page. Wait, what? And not and, cool. and and not just saying, check this out, guys. Like, hey, here's a show. No, no, no. A glowing review. Like, oh my gosh. If you want to check out a great Loved, show yeah. and a great interview, check out such and such podcast. It'll blow you away. Girl, come on. I mean, that's cool, Dave. There's enough podcast and radio room to go around. But but here's the thing, Dave. These are the 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 same guest that that snubbed us with the post. Yeah. And and now they're also the same people promoting these shows. 
But when they were on our show, Dave, after the interview, they'd say things like, oh, thanks. Thanks for having us on the show. That was a great interview. My gosh, man, you did your work. That was a fantastic interview. Yeah, I've never had those questions before. I'm just saying, Dave, I'm getting mixed signals here. That's right. Right? It's like if I were trying to go out with a girl, and she was like, yeah, awesome. Let's go to Olive Garden at 730. Because side note, you know Olive Garden is a classic place to take a lady friend that's a fact and we we go to olive garden and i show up and she's not there and she's on a date with another dude that's what that's like dave yeah yeah you want you want another analogy dave here's another analogy it's like that friend you have that's always talking about how healthy they eat they're like oh Mm -hmm. man last night i had zucchini and grilled chicken last night it was the best Huh? And you're like, no, it wasn't. They're like, oh, I loved it. I eat so healthy, you don't even know. And the next night, you see their car pulling out of the McDonald's drive-thru, <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, that's how it Double is. Double fist in McFlurries. Oh. Yeah. You know what, Dave? We're McDonald's. Again. Once again, we're McDonald's. Girl, come on. We're just too convenient. They're afraid to admit it, Dave, but they scarfed us down. That's right. They scarfed us down, and now they feel We're dirty. Like the dollar menu. Yeah. They just, ugh. Yeah. They took in so much of us that they, they didn't even want to do with us anymore. Well, it's all right, Dave. We are a little dirty. Yes. It's okay. I'm fine yeah, with are. that. I'm fine with that, Dave. Yes. Are you ready to fire up this dirty little show of ours? Dude, let's fire it up like a McDouble. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two. One, zero, and lift off. Mm. I'm a quarter pounder fan. I like to keep it classic. Yeah, you, you know. Are. You know. I just, <laughs> I keep it classic. I keep it classic. Sometimes I'll go Big Mac, but that's a little bit too much. And I'll be honest, I haven't had McDonald's in forever. Nope. Like forever. I and I'm not. And don't get me wrong, listeners. Don't be like, oh, Ben's too good. I'm not too good. I just haven't had it in forever. Okay. I'm not. I'm not too good for McDonald's. I'm not it's too good. It's been a couple for, weeks for me. I'll, I'll bring the real listeners back to reality. Yeah, yeah. You you had it for uh, the challenge, the food challenge back in the day. Yes! Um, I did. Check it out. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so anyways, Dave, we've got a fantastic show today. We've got country rap icon, Mr. Big Smo. Sweet. Reppin'. Reppin' for the whole state of Tennessee. I can't wait. Y- you know his real name? Hmm. I do not. John Smith. Word. That that's about uh about as plain Gen- as a name you can get. Yeah. Yeah, he said people don't even believe him when he like uh checks into hotels and stuff and he'll use his actual name and they're like John mm-hmm. Smith and he's like, No, that's not that's my actual name. And they're like, Yeah, right. Nope. Like, we're no, gonna have to it. deep clean this room later. That's it. But we're going to talk performances, quadruple bypass surgery, cannabidiols. We're going to go deep, man. We're going to go deep. But first, we start where we start. Birthday suit. Let go. By the way, by the way, update. I still haven't found my Mm -hmm. pen. Yeah. Jeez. Mm. Just wave your pointer finger in the air. That's just that, I, that feels naked. I can't do that. What? Well, during the break, you can go get a pen. I'll find something. Don't worry. Anyways, born on October second, eighteen sixty-nine. Jeez. In Porbandar, wow. India. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Our birthday suitware was extremely restless kid, and he loved to get into mischief. He was always playing different things. At a very young age of 13, our birthday suitware was married. Wow. Wait, what? Wow. 13. It's an early marriage. When you... When you know, you know, or when your family forces it upon you. When you're forced, you're forced. Um, In 1885, they had their first child, but that child died a few days after birth, sadly. But the couple went on to have four more children. After our birthday suit wearer graduated high school, our birthday suit wearer went to the University of London to study law. I like how he got married and hadn't even got to high school yet. Nope. That is one That's amazing. weird <laughs> feeling it's got to be. <laughs> anyway, so he obtained a law degree, went back to India, but it was not long before he went to South Africa and became a civil rights activist. In 1909, he wrote a book where he stated that British rule in India only happened because India let it. If India refused the, the rule of the British... The British rule would collapse. I'm Our birth- take a wild guess here and say Gandhi. Gandhi is correct. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi. You got to add that ma in there. Um, Mahatma Gandhi. Um, he started inciting nonviolent protests. He's one of the first people that really made that idea pr- uh, uh, um, uh, popular. Obviously, that was taken on by the civil rights activists in America later on. So true. Uh, he also started boycotts against British goods and services, and he became the president of the Indian National Congress in 1924. In 1947, India gained independence. Only a year later, in 1948, Gandhi was assassinated. Um... Over one million people joined his five-mile-long funeral procession. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of people can say that one, Dave. Not a lot of people can say that. You got got Gandhi. You've got uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln. You've got uh, uh, Martin Luther King. And that's about it, man. That's about it. That's uh, some great men right there. Some pretty high, pretty high uh, standards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Dave, uh, you're aware. Sometimes we fully, we don't fully cover a topic on the show. So true. Maybe we don't have the facts. Maybe we just don't have the answers. Well, Dave, we cover those answers in a segment we call previously on the Doc G Show. Yeah, we do. Previously on the Doc G Show. Dave, we questioned what was Stanton, Virginia named after, if you recall. You had a good guess. I do. You had a good guess. Your guess was that it was named after Edwin Stanton, the Secretary of War. Uh, We'll get Mm -hmm. to that in just a second. Let me give you a little background on Stanton, Virginia. Stanton, Virginia, birthplace of Woodrow Wilson. The president. That's right. Oh, okay. Now, he early age, he moved to South Carolina, lived there the rest uh, of his time growing up. So, but born in Stanton, also home of Mary Baldwin's Women's College. Some of my former students go to PT school there. That's a fact. So I'm gonna guess oh, that's where the listens that came from. 
Okay, let's be honest. They don't want to hear me talk anymore, so it's definitely not them. Just random people from Stanton. <laughs> but anyways, a couple of facts about Stanton. They had a minor league baseball team in Stanton called the Stanton Lunatics. Wait, what? What a name, right? What a name. What a name. The loonies coming out, man. The Lunatics. <laughs> I like it. It's nice. Downtown Stanton was used in the film Gods and Generals about the Civil War. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Probably probably a good place for it. It's got an antique look, I'm guessing. Look a little yeah. looks a little old. Like a classic town, yeah. Here's something else. I also found and this also goes along with the the Civil War. I found an interesting opinion piece mm. from the newspaper in Stanton from a man named Doug. Doug was arguing how they shouldn't change the name of the high school in Stanton from its original name of Robert E. Lee High School. Word. Oh. He went on to argue basically everyone in America's past has been marred somehow by slavery and ended by saying there aren't really any names you could think of that aren't connected with slavery. Doug. Hmm. I know I'm getting to this opinion I know I'm getting to this opinion piece real late, but here's here's an idea. How about calling it Virginia School and a number? There you go. There you go. There you go. Virgi Virginia was named after Queen Elizabeth I. She died way before slavery started happening. That works, right, Doug? Yes! Also, also, Doug, it's important to remember, Robert E. Lee himself said that the country should not memorialize civil strife. So true. He didn't want to be memorialized himself. He said so specifically. Jeez. Meaning he hey, did not want to. There's even a Robert E. Lee school in Jacksonville, too. Yeah. He did not want those schools named after him. Specifically, he said that. I mean, it's a little weird that we didn't follow his wishes. It's like your dad saying, hey, when I die, I want to be married in uh, the back pasture of my farm. That's where I want to be buried. Put me back there. And uh, instead, you're like, nah. We're gonna bury no, we're gonna in the something else. We're gonna bury in the front yard, and we're gonna put one of those little plastic Halloween skeleton hands coming out of the ground above it. That's what we're gonna Sweet. do. That will that will memorialize you better. That's what we're gonna try, right? Didn't follow it. It's a little odd. Side note: It doesn't matter what Doug or I said. They've already changed the name to Stanton High School. So there you go, Doug. Now, Dave, you mused as I said that it was named after Edwin Stanton, which is a good guess, but. I should have realized different spellings. Different spellings. The city really? was named after Lady Rebecca Stanton. Mm. Yeah, Stanton is actually, the city is spelled S-T-A-U-N-T-O-N. -N. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the wife to Royal Lieutenant, uh, Royal Lieutenant Governor Sir William Gooch. Sweet. Yeah. The Gooch. <laughs> what a name. The Gooch. <laughs> Say what? Edwin Stanton was Secretary of War uh, in the Lincoln administration and, side note, Killer Beard also. Second follow-up, Dave. I, did, I incorrectly, incorrectly said that Scottie Pippen won Defensive Player of the Year. I will own it. Girl, come on. Yeah, I was talking to Andy Frasco. I did. I said it, man. I was wrong. I put mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, Ben Wallace, Dennis Rodman, and Scottie Pippen as all defensive players of the year. Only three. Mm -hmm. Only three. You were you were close, man. Okay, now that we filled those empty spots from last show, are you ready to rip some headlines? Rip it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. 
All right, here we go. Dave, uh, I'd like to start uh, this rip from the headlines to let folks know that Aaron Carter has a face tattoo. Word. Really? Yep. The Aaron Carter? The Aaron Carter of Aaron Carty House Party, or Party whatever his song was. Yeah, that guy. The brother of the Backstreet Boy, Aaron Carter, has a, t- wow. a face tattoo. And from what I can tell, it's a Medusa face. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. His brother, Nick Carter, if you missed this too, also got a restraining order from Aaron because uh, they were afraid uh, they were going to be violently attacked by him. Uh, so it seems like by uh, the brother. Aaron, yeah, yeah. It seems like Aaron has some things to work out in his life. But oh my god, I would like to point out a what? positive note. Um, from looking at the picture of Aaron that he mm-hmm. took on Instagram, mm-hmm. it was in his bathroom, mm-hmm. and yep. it seems he uses OGX shampoo with biotin and collagen for a fuller look. So. Positive, right? Thrifty. If you say so. <laughs> thrifty and healthy hair. That's a good combo. You got to give it to him. That's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Okay, uh, Dave, our next story is coming from the Washington Post. Uh, have you ever heard of folks taking mind-altering drugs hmm. and then maybe going right. to an amusement park or maybe like a concert? Dude, my friends did that in high school. It was weird. Mm. 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 Well, apparently... That's exactly what a Swiss couple had in mind when they took a trip, a literal and mental trip, to Disneyland Uh, Paris. So the two went to Disneyland Paris, and as soon as they were walking into the park, the man took a hit of LSD. You know what? Wow. Wow. Now, I love how the paper puts it. They say, almost immediately, the Swiss man fell into the man-made lake in Adventureland near Captain Hook's pirate ship. Hmm. I love how, like, immediately, before the drug even took effect, he just bloosh and just right into... How do you do that? What is that? (laughs) And so it's not... I don't know, man. It's not clear if the lady of his actually took LSD, but what is apparent is that she didn't immediately alert park officials when the dude fell in the lake. Nope. It was like he <laughs> fell in the lake, and she was just like, hmm, uh-oh. Let's see if he can work this one out on his own Ex- first. Exactly. <laughs> like, we're going to give this some time. Just <laughs> look around. So it, she took a very long time. Then when it started getting later in the day, then she noted officials. Like, hey, hmm. uh, so the last I saw this guy, he was in that lake. Word. I don't know. So they searched the lake. They couldn't find him in the lake. They got a. They, I mean, they had a. They had a helicopter overhead. They had like thirty police officers. They couldn't find this guy. Meanwhile, early the next morning, at one in the morning, while they've got all these people looking around this uh, this uh, Disneyland, this park. Yeah. A 44-year-old man driving home from work comes across our Swiss bro walking across the street completely naked in the middle of the road about a mile away from the park. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. So so this man actually stopped his car and started talking to our Swiss bro. How nice are people in France? Like, hey, 
a naked dude. I better get out and talk to this guy. Make sure he's yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> sure he's warm. Who's, who's rolling down the window to check that guy out? Oh. So the French man said, "I wanted to know what a naked man was doing 300 meters from my home." Yeah. I mean, I would be interested too. But I'd probably call the cops to do the investigating, not do it myself. So true. Just a thought. But uh, at first they had a language barrier going, uh, but then they both realized they could speak English. And so once they did that, they were like, oh. And the French guy asked him, like, why are, why are you naked? Hmm. And why are you here? And he was like, you know what? I don't remember anything. Word. And he's like, you, you, don't, you don't know how you don't have any clothes? And he's like, nope. Don't know why I'm naked. Don't know why I'm here. Word. And they were like, huh. It's like, the last thing I remember, I walked into Disneyland Paris. And so the guy was like, well, uh, I guess I better take you back there. So they took him back there, and the police arrested him. Uh, they gave him a rappel a la loi, uh, which is oh. uh, loosely translates to reminder of the law. Hmm. So oh, a little warning. Yeah, so it's a it's basically uh, gets a, it doesn't get added to their official criminal record, and it's a t- it's handed out when a prosecutor chooses not to press charges. So they were nice. They were like, you know what, this guy ended up naked a mile away. He's learned his lesson, I think. <laughs> he didn't uh, break anything. We'll no let, one's hurt. It's all good. <laughs> we'll let him go. Uh, Dave, this next story is going to cover something we haven't talked about in a while, and it comes from UPI.com. Sweet. Uh, Dave, another Dave, Dave Rush, was at the Association of Science and Technology Convention in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty advanced, am I right? It's very advanced. What do you think Dave was doing there? Hmm... Um, selling drugs. Good guess for our show, but no. He was there to set the Guinness World Record for throwing a tortilla. Yes! Wow. And he (laughs) did. 54 feet and 5 inches for that tortilla. Yes. That's pretty impressive. I mean, just think, Dave, when he tells his friends and loved ones that they are now looking at the record-holding tortilla thrower of the world. Say what? Man, I'm that, that gets me, like, my head turning to see if I could be even close to that. Hmm. Most likely, his loved ones will respond by saying, that's a thing. Yes! And Dave will say, yeah, it is. And Dave Rush is the record-holder. The end. Yeah, dude, I, I'm impressed. Well, you start practicing, Dave. You can beat him someday. I have faith in I you. Need to, I, I need to faith. look this up and figure out what size tortillas I need to buy. Uh, I think it was the 7-incher, I do believe. Um, wow. Dave, this next story comes from Microsoft News. This story definitely uh, seems more like a plot line for a sitcom in the late 90s than it does an actual news story. So, last week on Thursday, a family member of a student at Mariana High School here in Florida called into the school and told a staff member at the school that this student that they are related to had a bong in their book bag. Hmm. However, the staff member heard bomb. Jeez. This 
This led the school to being evacuated using an emergency drill with the situation, and it had to be investigated. Uh, of course, they found out after investigating that it was a bong. Indeed, a couple of things a bong. here. A couple of things here. Would the staff member have a couple of follow-up questions to eliminate the confusion? Hmm. Like, the staff member just like bomb ah, and hung up, and like that hits was the, it. Hits the emergency button. So true. Like that seems a little weird. I mean, I used to work at a gym, Dave, and we had a bomb threat protocol, which was hilarious wow. to me for several reasons. Uh, like one, what weird mastermind criminal is like? You know what? Random gym bomb target. Here we go. Hmm. Second of all, what employee at the gym is going to answer the phone, hear the bomb threat, and be like, wait, wait, wait. We have a protocol for this. Hold on, Mr. Bomber. I got to get the facts <laughs> straight. Let me pull this out. Like, then my favorite part were the questions, Dave. Sweet. There was one question that asked, can you hear any noises behind the bomber on the phone? Wait, what? And it gave you options. Of the sounds. And one of the oh, options... That must have been great in writing. One of the options was farm animal noises. Word. Yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. Mr. Bomber, I noticed there's a couple of cows behind you. Mm. Uh, yeah. that's my. I'm at my second job. I'm also a farmhand. Uh, I hope that doesn't give away my secret identity, but I couldn't miss a shift again. Jeff would fire me, so I had to show up while doing the bomb threat. So I hope you're okay with that. Oh crap. You know my you know my boss name's Jeff. Just forget that part and forget the cows. Yeah, don't. Anyways. <laughs> so ridiculous. Anyways. I couldn't find I guess you never had to use that protocol. No, never did. Nope. Uh, I couldn't find if the student with the bong got in trouble or not. Uh, they did not say. So I'm guessing probably so, so, but they did not say. Dave, this just in Nerf has uh, a new Nerf gun that has darts that fly ooh. over 120 feet. Dang. Yeah. I heard if you got hit close with it. Yeah. It's with technology they call Aerofin. Yeah. It's sort of got like almost wow. rifling of their darts. The, uh, the gun has a 25 dart drum for quick loading and is made automatic by 4C batteries. It went on the market yesterday. Sweet. And if How you don't think I'm going to get one, Dave, you would be wrong. That's right. So wrong. I am getting one. How much one. we talking? $40, Dave. It is doable. Easily oh, doable. Totally, I'm, totally worth it. I am an adult with real money. And guess what, kids? I am buying one. And if there's only one left in the store, I'm pushing you down and taking yours. What? That is what is happening. Girl, Those are on. empty threats, guys. I'm not really going to push down kids. Don't be angry. Word. <laughs> yeah, they're just darts, man. They're rubber. It's fine. Uh, this phone. next story is from Spectrum News, Channel 9. Dave, did you hear? I missed this news, but apparently last week a resource officer at a school in Orlando... The Emma Nixon Carter uh, Charter School in Orlando arrested two six-year-olds. Wait, what? He arrested For what? two six-year six-year-olds, as in seis años, as in born in 2013, as in the kid is the same age as my car. 
As in, you could multiply their age by three, and they still barely be old enough to be arrested. Dave, Dave, call me crazy here. I'm going to say regardless of the incident, regardless of the situation, um, you don't arrest six-year-olds. Nope. Yeah, probably not. Like, I don't even think six-year-olds know what that means. So true. Like... Yeah, they probably think they're just going in timeout. These kids were like, whoa, 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 whoa. When am I going to get to talk to my attorney? That's a fact. And I hope you know, after I post bail, I'm coming right back over here. Word. I'm six. I totally know what that means. Like, come not on. not five anymore. Not only that, but the resource officer that arrested them had been a cop before he became a resource officer for 23 years. Hmm. What did they do? Do you know? Uh, they did not say, but apparently uh, other researchers found out that it involved a tantrum and perhaps uh, one of the kids kicking one of the workers at the school. I mean, That's nothing. I mean, Dave, this may be aside the point, but talk about the street cred that kid would get on the streets from this story. Bef oh. Yeah, I mean, he barely started elementary school. Wait till he gets to middle school with all that street cred. Oh, you've been to jail four times? That's impressive. The first time I was arrested, I was six years old. That's right. Yeah. Beat that. Yeah. Okay, Dave, here's another, uh, this is another story. Another story from the, the kids here. This is another elementary school story. Okay. Uh, this comes from the AV Club. So Valerie Hahn from St. Louis last week tweeted out a picture of what her nine-year-old kid did. Her daughter took an old lip balm tube, emptied the lip balm tube, and put cheese in it mm. so she could eat cheese in class. Genius. Word. Now, Dave, I'll give it to you. It's a pretty good way to eat cheese in class. Um, but like yourself, the article says, oh, my God, that's so genius. And, and this is where I lost them. They call her a genius after they bring up the fact that she told them she came up with an idea when she found a video on YouTube uh, called 14 Weird Ways to Sneak Food into Class. And one was empty a glue stick and put food in there. Wait, what? I mean... Oh, my God. I mean, come on, Dave. Come on. I can't I can't take the song Stairway to Heaven and change it to Escalator to the Afterlife with the exact same music and be like, genius, right? Came up with that all my own. That was all me. Nope. It's the exact same thing, man. It's the exact same thing. I don't care if she's nine. She still stole the idea. She stole it, Dave. She's no genius. I agree at, with you, man. At best, she's a cheese whiz. Get it? Oh. Get it? That's right. That's right. Dave, uh, one real quick story. Uh, did you sell anything as a kid? Hmm. Like, I sold uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh. You sold what? Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Nice. Very nice. Yep. I, uh, I, at one point, and sort Pokemon of like this... Sort of like this uh, story. I sold blackberries. You know, I'd get I'd, I'd get out there in the woods and I'd I'd gather gather them for hours. And in my head, I'd have these ideas of like, oh my gosh, you're gonna get such a produce empire off of these blackberries. So true. In the day, you're gonna have millions, Ben. 
And by the end of the day, I'd have like one neighbor buy a pint of blackberries for like a dollar. Mm. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't really realize that it totally was not worth it, considering that it took me like two and a half hours to get the blackberries. Yeah, that, but, that labor, nope. But it doesn't matter. Anyways, there was a, a, a school in Forest Park, Georgia, where they were teaching their preschoolers how to make their own garden. They put a garden in the school. And it was great. Mm. They started uh, getting great produce out of it. Greens, beans, radishes, bell peppers, all kinds of stuff. And they started growing so much that they were like, you know what? Let's also teach the kids about sales and community. So they made a produce stand uh, that twice a month they would sell the vegetables to the community. And, and, and to the parents of the students. Sweet. And it was all kinds of positives. They were learning about produce. The low-income families of the community were getting cheap produce. They were engaging with the community. And then the city came in and shut the farm stand down, saying the residential area wasn't zoned for selling produce. Girl, come on! Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, Angela Redding, the city manager, said, Anywhere you live, you've got to have rules and regulations. Otherwise, you would just have, you know, whatever. Blam. Come on, Angela. Come on. We all know these kids were not becoming millionaires off the produce sales. Okay? Okay? We know that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Just give them their garden back. Let them party in their garden. Come on. Anyways, Dave, that has been ripped from the headlines. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, Big Smo. This is off of his new album, This One's For You. This is How I Roll, right here on the Doc G Show. Let go. We figured we wouldn't make you wait any longer. I got my man Cole Ford in here with me. We about to break it down for y'all. Tell you how we roll. Hey, I'm a D-Ray. You got my back on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. And the man that I am from day one on this rock. Country living in my blood, cause I was raised and I was taught to fight for my beliefs no matter the pain or the cost. From that red, white, and blue to the man up on that cross. No, I may have been lost, I was always found. Raising hell in the backwoods on the outskirts of town with them roughnecks falling down them dirt roads hauling. Yeah, you know how we get down when that sun starts falling. Place your best boy, I'm all in. Better ask my folks. I'm a stand-up man and I got no time for the jokes. Cause with them tree-line smoke, we just paying them bills. From the hollers of Kentucky to them Tennessee hills. I grew up making deals on handshakes alone. That's what my daddy taught me and I pass it down to my own. So you can take it or leave it. My words as good as gold and keep it moving for the money. Boy, that's just how we roll. I don't care what you say about me. Don't understand why they can't let me be An honest man, I'm up early through the week If you shake my hand, then you can count on me That's just how I roll Yeah, that's just how I roll Hey, yo, slow, yeah, let me tell the camera folk How I roll First of all, I need to tell y'all the tricks are for kids And ain't no one of y'all expecting me to do what I did
know how I roll. I don't care what you say about me. Don't understand why they can't let me be. An honest man, I'm up early through the week. You can shake my hand and you can count on me. That's just how I roll. What if I told you once, I told you a thousand times. Come on. Yeah, that's just how I roll. You know how we get down now. Let's see if you can keep up. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. I have my pen. I picked it up. Sweet. Now that he has his pen, he's going to wave around. And he's telling you to go check out the podcast mm. on any of the apps that you listen to. Oh, yeah. That's right. And then you can also go to www.thedocgshow.com. So sweet. That's right. And, ch- and check out our next guest. Yeah. Stuff about us. Mm-hmm. And all these other cool things. Mm. In my head, I have you like waving your pen every oh. time I said a letter. So like www, and you're like waving it up and down. Oh, it's getting so sensual with my pen waves in here. You don't even know. Word. You don't even know. Oh, yeah. Left-hand pen waves, right-hand pen waves. It's all happening oh, here. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you better slow it down. Yeah, well, I'm pretty excited to have it. Oh, oh, geez. What? Oh, God, I'm knocking things off oh. the table now because of my pen waves. <laughs> I got to watch out. Uh, Dave, Control I that do want to announce, though, uh, I like... I like to do stories on Instagram with the polls. Mm -hmm. It's probably my favorite thing to do on the actual story of Instagram is get a little feedback, you know? So true. Sure. So I I took a couple of polls this uh, week, and I was like, you know, I need need to synergize our show with the Instagram. I need to I need to let the let the two worlds collide, you know? So mm-hmm. I wanted to announce first of all, I ask listeners on uh, we, we ask listeners on the Instagram mm-hmm. if they thought we were going to have to use the sensor on them evils more than fifteen times. Mm. And Dave, I am happy to say a hundred percent of voters said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, Dave? They, they were all correct. They knew it was coming. They were all correct. We did, and yes, nicely done. Nicely done, guys. You were correct. Uh, our second poll, we asked listeners whether or not Paul Big Bear Bruin of the Vagabonds, who is coming on here in two weeks? Three weeks. Hmm. Two weeks. Two weeks. Like Coming on in two weeks. Uh, we ask if he had the most rocking stash in Southern Rock because he's got a rocking stash. Yes. He rocks the full yeah, on stash. Yeah, it's pretty stash. good, man. Just like, just like our man Minshew. Yeah, 
He rocks it. Oh. The majority of listeners said yes. Nicely done, listeners. Nicely done. He does have they a rock and stash. Up. But, sad to say, not unanimous. Wait, what? Not unanimous. Yeah. They'll, they'll be converted soon. Jerry, I won't use his last name. Jerry... Didn't think he had the most rock and stash. Girl, come on. Come on, Jer Bear. You're better than Call, that. Calling Jerry out. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, you know, Jerry doesn't even have to believe it. Nope. He can just support Big Bear. You know, maybe he'll grow into yeah. it. We're all about that positivity. Yeah, you don't. Like you said earlier. You only have to you only have to speak absolute truths when you're talking about Michael Jordan and the Bible. What? That's pretty much it. Amen. Um <laughs> Okay, here we go, Dave. Are you ready? We got to check out some shout-outs here. Shout-out. Okay, who listened to us last week? Now, here's 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 the thing that I want to I want to let you know that I came up with. I've decided to divide our shout-outs into regulars, semi-regulars, mm-hmm. and newcomers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that's fair. So folks that have been uh, put brought into the the inner Doc G family, the cities that we can count on week after week. Yes! Then the semi-regulars that I'm pretty sure we recognize their face. We're like, hey, thanks for stopping by again. We appreciate That's it. That's right. And then the newcomers mm-hmm. that we want to become those family members. That's how we're going to do it. So yeah. true. So first off, shout out to the Doc G families. Here we go. Newest member, Portland. They're regular. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Shout out to Shout Portland. Shout out to Portland. Love it. We've got Welcome to the fam. We've got some of their own coming on the show at the end of the month. We've got the Shook the Shook twins who are out of Portland. They're coming Ooh, on the yeah. show. Very exciting. Uh, next off, shout nice. out to our international family, Genoa and Mozambique. Yes, indeed. Shout out. Ye- ye- yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to Citrus Heights, California, our West Coast connection. Yes, indeed. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Shout out to South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. That's right. Shout out. The Palmetto State. Cox. Always, always repping. And, of course... Everyone here in Duval, Jacksonville, thank you for the listen. Shout out. Duval. Now let's move on to the semi-regulars. We're going to shout out uh, shout out Seattle. Shout out. Thank you. Thank you, yep. Seattle. Thank you for thank the listen. Uh, shout out to San Francisco. Shout Thanks for stopping out. by again. San Fran. Okay. Shout out to Mount Juliet, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville there. Shout Very out. nice place. Yeah. Very cool. Shout out. There we go. Shout out to them. All right, Dave, here we go. Newcomers. Here we go. Shout out to Sh- kids on the block. Shang Mei, Thailand. Shout out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hope you become part of the family, Thailand. Um definitely shout out to Thailand. To Newark. Delaware. Shout out. Yeah. Newark, oh. Delaware. Yeah. Shout out to those okay. guys. Uh, shout out to this one. This one was just sort of weird to me. Orange, Connecticut. Shout out. Just orange. Orange. Yeah. Orange, you glad you didn't say. Hmm. I don't know what else. Orange. I don't know. They're, I was going to say one of those other states that we don't like. Word. They're just a color. They're, they're just yeah. a color. I got a follow-up, Dave. I got to find out why they're named Orange. I didn't look it up, but there you go. I'm very I'm very intrigued. Write it down. Very intrigued. Write it down with that pen you have. Orange, make sure you uh, you tune in next week to see if I get your origins of Orange correct, okay? Yes! Uh, <laughs> lastly, 
Shout out to Jeju Korea. Shout out. Yes. Jeju. Jeju. Okay, Dave, it is time. I love it. Second birthday suit. Are you ready? Hit me. Okay, here we go. Born on October 2nd, 1982 in Hanford, California. Our Mm. birthday suit wearer started playing basketball at the age of three. He, uh, He grew up on a farm... So as he was growing up, he did chores like milking cows, slopping pigs, and cultivating crops. When he was nine, he was already almost six feet tall. Wait, what? Good Lord. (laughs) What a tall man. Around 10, he moved to Compton, California. So a big U-turn from that farm for sure. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. He played high school basketball with Tayshawn Prince, if you remember Tayshawn from Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Yep. He was a uh, McDonald's All-American. He went straight to the NBA instead of going to college. He was drafted by the L.A. Mm-hmm. Clippers second overall, but then immediately traded to the Bulls. He was then traded to the New Orleans Hornets. Ben Wallace. Nope. He was then traded to the New Orleans Hornets in 2016. And then the Charlotte Bobcats in 2009. And then the Dallas Mavericks in 2011 where he won a championship. Hmm. He was then traded to the New York Knicks. Then Dallas again. Then the Phoenix Suns. Then the Lakers last season. And now he's a rocket. He has been an all-star and an all-NBA player. Nope. A NBA defensive player of the year in 2013. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Dallas, 2011. He won a championship with him. He made a lot of headlines when he was in the Hornets with uh, with Chris Paul. They had a real duo. Tyson thing. Chandler. There you go. Tyson Chandler. Took you a little bit. Man, we got there. Tuffy. We got there. Uh, Dave, that makes sense uh, that he was six foot at n- nine years old because that man is a giant. He's, he's pretty big. He's pretty big. Six feet. Can you imagine that? A nine-year-old. No. Six feet tall. Walking up. <laughs> I have to look up to a nine-year-old. Six feet tall is <laughs> as tall as me, and I'm like, hey, how old are you? Nine. What? I'm nine. What? He didn't even have a deep voice yet. Oh, no, he, he definitely did. Voice. No, he's uh, nine. What? Jesus! <laughs> he had a little mustache started too. Nine. <laughs> Good lord! What kind of hormones do you have on that farm? Anyways, Dave, let's let's wish Tyson a happy birthday. Tyson, happy, happy birthday, birthday Tyson! Uh, Great career. Gonna be uh, 30, 37. Turning the big three seven. Dude, that was that was a hard one. That was a hard one. Trente siete. Um. All right, Dave, we're going to be right back with the man himself, Mr. Big Samo, right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show today. We are joined by a very special guest, rap artist, Big Smo. Smo, how are you doing today? Hmm. I am doing better than I deserve. 
<laughs> That's usually my response most of the time, you know? Yeah. I'm shocked every day when I wake up and uh, and everything just uh, unfolds in front of me. So it's quite a blessing. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. So I, I say our listeners probably know uh you know you as the face of of country rap you've grown up uh your whole life in tennessee but i didn't know interestingly when i was looking back you you were born in san diego uh your dad was in the navy so i'm guessing he was stationed out there is that uh is that why you were born in the sunshine state there of california Hmm. yeah yeah both of my parents were uh were both born and raised where I live now and where I've pretty much lived my whole life in yeah. Bedford County, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But because my dad was stationed over there in uh, San Diego, that's where you know my parents lived whenever they found out that, that they were pregnant with me. I was, uh, it was definitely not part of their agenda. They weren't out in <laughs> California to have a baby at the age of 40. That, that's a good um, way of saying but, it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, an unexpected byproduct uh, of a from a trip to Vegas, and uh, you know, here I am. What happens in Vegas um, did not stay in Vegas. Oh no, no, no! It leaked over. It definitely, uh, it definitely leaked over. And, and but my my parents didn't want to raise me in California. Yeah, it's not like I said, it's not the reason they were there. So uh, after I was born, and then uh, my dad. Uh, shortly after, a few years after, uh, retired from the Navy, we uh, relocated back here in Tennessee, where both of my parents were originally from, and uh, this is where I've been my whole life. So, yeah. born in San Diego uh, because of the military, raised in Tennessee because of uh, the way it's supposed to be. So. <laughs> uh, well, I've noticed in a lot of interviews uh, I've seen you do, you, you've mentioned that your dad uh was one of the biggest inspirations is one of the biggest inspirations of your life he passed away in 2007 uh obviously he meant a lot to you uh what did he mean to your career how did he inspire you as an artist well i mean he was my first uh he was my first introduction to uh to music you know so Mm -hmm. being the first person that that turned me on to you know his eight track and uh, cassette <laughs> collection, yeah, and all the basically the uh, the old outlaw country that he liked to listen to when he was in the navy. That kind of reminded him of home. Yeah, is what I was kind of born on. Uh, yeah. a lot of uh, Conway Twitty and Jerry nice. Reed, Johnny Cash, Hank Senior, just stuff like that. And so uh, you know he was he was a big part of. Uh, the introduction to music, and then of course, just introduction to everything. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I had one of the best dads that uh, that you know a, a boy could ask for. It yeah. was just uh, he was he was hands down just uh, top top shelf about everything. He was my my Cub Scout leader, Boy Scout nice. leader, baseball coach, basketball <laughs> coach, uh, best you know best friend. Yeah, my other influence you know was uh, whenever I was. Whenever we moved back to Tennessee, uh, my sister had gotten killed in a motorcycle wreck, and my parents adopted her son, um, and he was three years older than me. So at the age of four, Mm -hmm. when my sister died, I was given a a seven-year-old brother. Brother, yeah. Sweet. You know, so all of a sudden, I've got this, uh, you know, this older brother in my life right whenever i'm starting to remember even being alive yeah right around four years old and uh, so as, as i had him as a new influence 
yeah in my life and, and everything that came with him coming into my life and he was big into uh into like kiss and uh, a lot of rock and roll he lived in texas before he yeah. moved uh here to tennessee with us so i had you know at, at the age of four i got a older brother which is backwards <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying and uh and he became my my best friend and my you know my mentor uh coming up as just a human being you yeah. know what i'm saying uh, yeah and then you know uh at, i'll tell you the big big point turning point for me in my life was around the age of 11 uh i got i, I got hit with this uh really abnormal severe skin allergy that mm. was it's like eczema and psoriasis together Ew. um yeah and it was it was nasty man and about 80 percent of my body i didn't have skin on my body Ooh. and i kind of yeah and it was just out of nowhere at the age of like 10 and 11 so man i was i was kind of hit with a little bit of like depression at a young age and kind of reclused and everything and then i i i did some kind of dumb shit. i caught a felony when i was 14 uh blowing up mailboxes and, mm. and a pepsi machine Mm. And uh, because I wound up in that in trouble, I got caught for that, and I wound up in in some trouble for a few years. And because of my skin yeah. uh, disease that I had, I just kind of reclused into my home, and I started. That's when I turned to the. Uh, that's when I turned to the pen and pad. Yeah, you know my. They at a young age when you blow up a bunch of. Sh- make you go talk to a therapist that's right oh yeah <laughs> because yeah. they want to make sure you don't repeat that uh later in life on a bigger scale yeah um and i tried to explain to him i was just a really big fan of macgyver what and <laughs> you know i had watched i had watched this episode of him making grenades out of light bulbs and and black powder and i just wanted to give that a shot so there there wasn't a mental problem with me to where yeah. I was just like, I want to blow up the world. It was just me having fun and I got caught. So, yeah. Uh, but long story short, it did wind me up in some trouble. And, and my therapist that I talked to, you know, she she told me, she said, you know, if, you, if you're having problems or if you feel angry, if you just want to, like, tear everything apart, write it down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And I had never really written anything. So I just. I just started writing and I started writing poems and I started writing short stories. And then throughout high school, you know, I just kept writing and I really got into music. Mm -hmm. I got, I was in the band. Nice. And, uh, what instrument you play? Drum line. Nice. I played the, I started at playing trumpet Mm -hmm. and then I moved to the drum line because that's where all my homies were. Yeah. Uh, so I got into music. Uh, I got big into drama class Mm -hmm. and doing like, uh, acting and, uh, and writing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. really got creative in the writing. And then, man, that just, that turned into lyrics. Yeah. And the ba- the band turned into uh, equipment. You know, it turned into a, a, an eight track tape recorder and a drum machine and a microphone. And, yeah. and then it just, from there, man, it just evolved. You know what I'm saying? Nice. I found my passion for music. I found my therapy in, in uh, writing. Nice. Yeah, definitely. It, you know? it, it's an outlet, and, you know, it's a, it's a constant it, it, it's a, it's a constant uh, theme that I hear in my guest as far as, as, far as their therapy. Um, you yeah, know, it, it's very therapeutic to, uh, to have an emotion 
that you may not know how to express or to share without um, either offending or, you know, maybe even hurting someone's feelings. But if you can creatively put it down into a song, uh, you know what I'm saying, and get your point across and at the same time maybe entertain and mm -hmm. be able to reach, you know, reach people with your, your story. And, uh, you know, when you're able to do that, man, music turns into something a lot more powerful than just noise. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. Well... One thing, one thing in that when you were talking about uh, getting off track when you were a kid and you were interested in MacGyver, uh, have you ever seen the movie MacGruber? Hmm. No. Okay, you need to go. If you like MacGyver, MacGruber is just making fun of it. It's Will Forte from Saturday Night Live, and it's all the things that MacGyver used to do except just goofy. You will love that movie. Trust me. You take. I just wrote it down. <laughs> watch it. You'll love. Trust me. You'll love that movie. If you don't, you can come back and complain to me. But I guarantee you'll be a huge fan. That's right. Um. So that so you've been, you've been a uh, like you said you've been in the musical game twenty years. Uh, in the middle of that, uh, well, you know, closer to a little bit to the uh, closer to the end, you had an A and E series, Big Smoke, the reality show. It was out for two years. Um. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that seemed like it it would be draining. Having those people in your house 14 hours a day, cameras on you. What was, what was that experience like? Because I don't think many you know people out there have the experience of being on and the focal point of a reality show. Yeah, you know, a lot of... Uh, you can't expect anyone to know what that's like. Nope. Yeah. Um, and I can say that from experience. Because when I signed up for it, I had no idea what I was signing up for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it is very draining. Um, but it's one of those things. It's like, man, you know, like you said, not everybody gets to do that. So when you're given an opportunity like that to explore something that most don't get to do and most don't get to see, uh, it was it was an amazing experience in that aspect but yes very draining very stressful a lot of stress on my family mm -hmm. um you know like it was it was real st stressful on my children yeah um ultimately my children are the reason why we didn't continue doing the show because they didn't they just didn't want to do it anymore yeah you know and i could not force them uh to continue you know it was starting to make people treat them a different way at school mm -hmm. and i mean you know it, it was just it was a nightmare but you know at the same time uh i was like yeah well i did two seasons of a tv show you know <laughs> like that's just it's on my resume yeah and i learned so much from doing it i'm big on the production end when it comes to film uh, I, I started out filming all of my own music videos and doing all the edits myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I already had an interest in film and videography. So whenever I was allowed to be the center of a television production, I was like, yeah, I could <laughs> spun all that information up. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that, that I wrote uh, the TV show. Yeah, and I, I was I was one of the writers on the TV show. Everything that had to do with my family, yeah, I wrote that. 
So, you know, it's not like a a reality TV show. You don't just show up and you stand in the yard and they start filming and then you just, you all start running around doing crazy. That's not how it works. Yeah. There's got to be, you got to write that shit. Oh, yeah, it's uh, not 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 really not scripted, but yeah. you gotta like the idea of like music video treatment. You yeah, know what I'm saying you gotta like write that shit up. Mm-hmm. and like man, if you've never written a television show, which I hadn't, takes uh, a long time. It was it was a trip. Yeah. So yeah, two years. When you say two years uh, on TV, it was actually three and a half, almost four years Production. of work yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. So. But you know what? It was it was a cool thing, um, and, and it sucked at the same time because <laughs> it, here it created this shadow that I have still to this day not been able to get out from under. Yeah, because I, I was about to say, as every, far as your career, I mean, o- overall, how how do you look at it as far as your career? Family aside, taking taking your your daughters out of it and their you know effect what, what, what do you do you see it as a positive overall or do you see it as, a, as sort of a, a negative as far as your career well it's it's hard to say because it's both it's a positive because here was an opportunity that exposed me to a gr- to a number of people that would have never known who i was mm-hmm. but it also created this stature of if I can't maintain this television show, then I'll never be as big as I was when I had it. Yeah. If there's one thing that I learned from doing that TV show, yeah, you can't make any, you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no matter what you what, no matter what size or color rabbit you pull out the hat, there's gonna it's be gonna... somebody in the audience that don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? For sure. For sure. So it was. It was. It was a it was a love hate relationship, man. But I wouldn't again. I wouldn't change it for nothing. Nice. You know, it gave me more or less for the knowledge. You know, what I'm saying that yeah. that I have today. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know, it gave me the it gave me the content in my own life and the experience in my own life to expand on my life story and put all that into a book. Yeah. Which yes. just came out a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah. You know, all of these things that that have added to my story um, are now, you know, uh, are now in the pages of a book. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in just in just a little bit. That's right. Not long after the reality show, uh, you had you had a close uh, a close call, real close call. You had a quadruple bypass surgery start of 2015. Um, so I, I got to ask, how, how did you? How did you find out that news? Like, I mean, did you go to the doctors for a normal checkup and they were like, oh, by the way, you're going to need quadruple bypass surgery. Like, what? And, and like, how did that news hit you? Because, I mean, I got I got a feeling it's got to hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, it actually it hits you like a gorilla standing on your chest with one toe. That's <laughs> what it felt like. Yeah. And uh and I was I was on tour, I was doing a West Coast tour over in California mm-hmm. and um I was having some irritation in my upper chest area, like uh just a, a real uncomfortable feeling that I had never had before. Yeah. And uh so I went to the doctor and they said, Oh, you're just 
you're just stressed, you know, from being on tour. And I was doing some filming with uh, another show at the time. And they're like, oh, it's just stress. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. And then I went to another doctor a couple days later, another state, another hospital. I said, hey, you know, I just went to this other hospital. They said I was fine, but I don't feel fine. Can you take a look at me? And that happened three or four times. Mm -hmm. Until I wound up in Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. Yeah, big deal. And yeah, and I said, you know what? I told my bus driver, I said, man, make me a make me an appointment at the Mayo Clinic. So he made me an appointment. They ran one test, and they were like, yeah, something's definitely wrong with you. Uh, so then they did the uh, the cardio uh, where they run the camera up your or the the angiogram. Mm -hmm where they run the camera up your vein. And then when I came out of that, they were like, uh, they said, yeah, we weren't, we weren't able to stint that. You've got four blocked arteries. Ooh. One of them is a hundred percent blocked. Ooh. And the hundred percent blocked artery had grown a capillary around the blockage. Wow. And was now sending blood around the blockage yeah which is really unstable too yeah so they were like you gotta have surgery like right now so not nine days later uh i was scheduled you know i was scheduled for nine days later to have open heart surgery um i'd never had a surgery before i mean you know i had never went in for any kind of real surgery that's a big one and, to start uh, on yeah it was it was big and uh but it was it was one of the best things that I'd ever done. Uh, as soon as I came out of recovery, uh, I took two months off. I had I had to end my tour. Yeah. Uh, which you know, if you're in the middle of a West Coast tour, I probably lost like you know sixty grand. Yeah. Um, which put a huge dent in my business. I had to let my band go. Yeah. After that, I couldn't afford to pay a seven piece band. Yeah. Of course, nobody, nobody gets that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh nobody yeah. Nobody gets that. They just, they just, they're just like, why'd you fire your band? You're, <laughs> you're a terrible person. I'm like, I just had open heart surgery and lost like almost a hundred thousand dollars. I can't afford to pay them. Yeah, what what am I so, going to keep them yeah, on with? Um, so I had to I had to start over from scratch, man. I was I did eight months of touring with just me and a and a laptop, you know, because nice. that's all I could afford to do. I was yeah. like, I mean, I've been up and down so much. It's like the it's it's like a roller coaster, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like when it's it's a it's a trip, man. Because when you're up, you're up, and when you're down, man, you're flat. Well, and uh and after having open heart surgery you ain't never been that flat yeah you know i mean i had to i had to learn how to breathe again yeah and uh and i had to train myself for so for two months i trained myself and uh and i, I went back out and uh, i started touring by myself doing track shows and put out another album uh this time i was sober for yeah. the first time in my entire life yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, my, my surgeon, he told me, he said, after the surgery, you're going to have to, like, not do anything for, like, four years. Yeah. And I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> like, I've been partying since I was 12 years old, man. Yeah. You know, and I'm 39, and he's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm serious, man. You got to, you can't do anything. Yeah. Like, you got to let your body heal. And uh, so I took that very serious, man. And for four years straight, I just... uh 
I exercised and I, I ate right. I changed my diet, I kept my sobriety. I let my body heal. And, uh, and after, after four years, man, I was back, uh, back doing everything to normal. I was back scuba diving. I was, you know, running three miles a day yes. and, uh, just, you know, now, now, I had, I now had are you still, are you still hitting the fitness now? Are you still dedicated to the fitness? Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, uh, exercising. We got a gym here in the house. Nice. And, uh, so I, I stay, I stay really active. We still, uh, maintain a, a really healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I, I still don't, I don't drink. I never picked, I never went back to drinking. That was my biggest downfall. Yeah. Uh, or smoking, smoking tobacco or anything like that. I am a, I am a, a, a very big cannabis, medical cannabis mm-hmm. supporter. So, um, I, I maintain my, uh, my hip, knee, and back pain uh, with cannabis. Now, do and you that keeps me from having? To, do you do edible uh, cannabis, or do you uh, use? Do you still use uh, uh, smoke as far as your your vehicle? We do uh, we do edibles mostly, but yeah. we still from time to time we we dabble in some uh, in some flour. But okay, <laughs> it's it's. More or less, you know, we like edibles and we like concentrates and everything. Things now, that address the the pain. Now, have you tried CBD by itself, just the cannabidiol, or do you always oh, go yeah. with a full spectrum? Well, we did uh, we did the CBD for a while on the back end of my uh, my four year stretch. Yeah, and it was it was helpful. Yeah, um, but it was it was not as helpful as as THC and CBD together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where I found uh, the reward is the one-in-one. One. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can get uh, a strong CBD and a strong THC together, it's really good for pain, inflammation, and just overall maintenance of uh, of a happy, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, I'm, there's def- I'm a big believer in it. Yeah, there's a, there's a definite definitely a, a growing amount of research, and I think I think there would be more research on the side of THC, but they just uh, they haven't been able to do it because of the uh, regulations that are out there. So if they open those regulations up, you'd have a lot more. I, I think a lot more research, and it's definitely necessary because obviously, you know, even though. It's like we're talking about with sports. Uh, They're put on opiates, and obviously, huge opiate crisis in America. If you utilized the cannabis more, you would see a lot less problems. If that were the first thing that you went to, instead of fentanyl or instead of uh, oxy uh, cotton or something like that, uh, you 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 wouldn't have nearly as much of a problem. I don't think. Um, Yeah, that that's uh, the whole point of our. of our use is to avoid um, any kind of man-made, you know, medication. We don't, yeah. we don't believe in opiates, and we definitely are trying to maintain a sturdy fight against the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying I believe, I just believe it's a full circle 
uh, solution to a lot of problems. But, you know, yeah. it's going to take a while for the government to figure out how to put the exact price tag on it mm-hmm. and, and maintain that. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Until then, just, until then, we'll just keep maintaining the quality of a happy, healthy life on our own. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, let, let's talk about the, the new book and the CD. Uh, the new album is titled This One's For You. It's your, your ninth full-length album. Uh, what, what was the main inspiration of this album? What, what was the idea behind this album? Um, you know, honestly, I wanted to put something out that, that reminded my fans of who they had fallen in love with originally. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. That's well, the whole point. Yeah. Know? Cause the past two albums that I had done, maybe even three albums that I had done, I did those just for me. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't have my fans in mind. I was like, what? do i want to say i i think too you know like you were saying when you have a big life change uh like your like your surgery and you're doing it as you've said your whole life therapeutically there's there there's something that you want to explore yourself with it that it's going to help you battle demons that you're getting over and uh, you know, I I know one of the one of our guests that we had on the show a good while ago, Travis Meadows, one of our best in, uh, interviewed guests. He's mainly country uh, songwriter, and you know he he's battled those demons his whole life. And that was he got he got over addiction six times in in uh, in rehab, and the sixth time, basically, his therapist was like your therapist when you were a child, and said. You need to write down some of this stuff. Hmm. And so yeah. he, he went back, he started writing it down, and when he started writing it down, uh, it was therapeutic for him. He was doing it for him. And somebody came to him and said, you need to release these songs. These songs are awesome. And he said, these songs aren't for other people. These songs are for me. And they, and they said, right. it doesn't matter. People will like them. So I mean, you know, I I think with those three albums of yours, I think that was a little bit of the, the the same thing. You know, like you were saying, you were exploring, you were doing it for yourself. Obviously, people enjoyed it, but it's 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 good to hear that this new album is uh is a fan. It, it, it's for the fans. That's uh yeah, it's it's a fan pleaser. It's it's definitely song for song. I you know I was and and why it's called this one's for you is because I tried to make every song very different that way each individual person could find something on it that they like it's basically like an a la carte just for the fans nice nice now the new album's on average joe records it's a you know independent uh record label founded by colt ford uh and shannon hutchins uh now for your two records you did you did you know like you were saying major record labels uh where you were on warner electra um, what's, what's the experience been like so far on average Joe? Uh, I mean, you know, average Joe, they're, they're great guys over there, man. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to, to, uh, find, uh, anyone major label, independent label, or just independent as an artist. It's really hard to, to find everything that you're looking for yeah you know what i'm saying yeah it's not like you're gonna go into any business and it's gonna be a buffet of everything that you want right um (laughs) that being said you know i i think that there's a lot of opportunity at average joe 
for me as an artist and mm-hmm. as a talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I'm waiting on somebody over there to uh, to realize that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> nice. You know, nice. Um, I went over to average. I went over to average Joe for. You know, I didn't go over there to release the record. Uh, I went over there because I had a song with Colt Ford. Right. And I went over and I asked Shannon, I said, hey, man, you know, I want to put this single out. Uh, and he was like, well, why don't you let us put it out? And yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, you know, and he's like, well, what else have you got? And I'm like, well, I got this whole album. <laughs> he's like, why don't you let us put that out? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like I could have, I could have released my own album. Yeah. But man, I don't feel like doing all that stuff on my own. Yeah. You know, they got a whole warehouse full of people over there. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're either the guy that's rolling the dice or you're standing behind the guy that's rolling the dice. Yeah. And I like to be the guy rolling the dice, man. I want to see what, how it's going to play out. Nice, nice. That definitely sounds like good avenue. Well, one of the other avenues that you pursued, like you mentioned, was you you uh, you released your book, My Life in a Jar. Uh, The book just came out. September seventeenth was the the release date. So you mentioned as far as wanting to to write the autobiography. What was the initial spur that said, "All right." Let's let's go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this stuff down. Same thing, man. It was therapy. Nice. Uh, you know, I needed to at at my age and at the things that I'd already faced. Yeah. You know, like when the open heart surgery was. I mean, you can go ahead and qualify that as a near death experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're faced with things like that, and you realize that, oh, shit, not invincible. Mm-hmm. One day I may not wake up. Yeah. And you know, maybe my story hasn't been told in depth or the way that I want to tell my story or give credit and pay homage to some, you know, people that have helped me achieve what I've achieved. And, you know, I was, I met a guy that writes that he had written 40 something books. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, man, I'd like to write a book. And he said, Hey, you want to get together next week and we'll have a meeting about it. Well, mm-hmm. that next week was day one. <laughs> on a three-year adventure nice. where me and this guy, Jake Brown, we met every week, and we sat right here in my recording studio where I'm at now, the yeah. little shack out back behind the house. And uh, we sat out here and we talked for about two and a half years, uh, once a week. And there was uh, a manuscript that was written out that was about five 600 pages long mm-hmm. and uh me and my girlfriend sat down and we rewrote it into a, a nice manageable readable at a seventh grade level <laughs> reading level uh story nice. and um you know it was it was a very therapeutic man you think writing a song is therapeutic you go through the timeline of your entire life yeah and you'll start picking apart things that you had kind of forgotten about yeah. and then you realize like holy shit, this is the turning point of my life yeah. you know it was like and for me it was like redefining what turned me into an artist yeah because for me an artist is what i am like it's me it's my brand it's my business it's my it's my legacy mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying is is smoke 
Yeah. So for me, it was like, well, what the what the f- turned me into smoke? Yeah. You know, and it was it was me discovering that it was blowing up the mailboxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Getting in the trouble. Yeah. Um, it, smoking weed when I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. sitting at home, right? You know, a therapist telling me I need to write this down, and I, all I was doing was hanging out on a farm, smoking weed and writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and dealing with my internal turmoil, whatever that may be, or whatever it was fueled by. Yeah. And and then my and then my passion. Yeah. Uh, for music and for art and for movies and film and all like going back and revisiting my entire timeline, I actually got to see what made me me. You got to you, see, know? you got to see the forest through the trees. You got to see the whole yeah, man. the whole picture and and, and it, it was it's and bro, st- it is very it is very rewarding to see to to know that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it's not that I didn't know it, it's just that I didn't know it. Now I know it. I yeah. read it read about it you know what i'm saying yeah. i read my book twice so far so <laughs> it's uh <clears throat> and i'm i'm reading it again doing the audio book right now so i'm really uh digesting it's one thing to write a story it's another thing to read that shit. yeah um you know the whole thing about the 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 book is I started the whole book out with a quote from my mother. Mm-hmm. She always said this growing up. She always said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say about somebody, don't, don't say, say nothing at all. at all. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of people that aren't mentioned in my book. And you that's for I'm a saying? reason. Like you're not going to Yeah. You're not going to hear about, you know, ex-wives. You're not going to hear about certain people that I had business with that mm-hmm. I don't do business with anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like that's one good thing about the book is that you know in the at first it was like a tell all you know what yeah. I'm saying like a just therapeutic weep of all, everything and then we were able to take that and instead of releasing that we were able to dial that back and tune that into a nice respectable story yeah. you know what I'm saying that doesn't doesn't trash talk anybody like i don't there's not a negative thing in my entire book about anybody nice. even my manager that i had to fire and i really don't like him <laughs> I, nothing but good stuff said about him you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah. uh and it's, it's it's because you know like anybody that's been in my life even if i don't like you today at one point i had some love for you there was you something yeah been in yeah yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I can't pretend that I didn't care about these people at some point in my life. So if I have some good things to say about them, I let it ride. You know what I'm saying? But the best thing about my book that I love so much is that there's no trash talk. There's no negativity. There's no finger pointing or blaming. It's all just like, man, these are the people that helped me become who I am and where I am. And you know, I don't. I don't mention everybody. I just mention the ones that I could fit in a fit in a jar. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I <laughs> I, I think it means it means a lot. Again, going back to that therapy idea, a lot of therapists will tell you, you know, whenever you have that negativity, uh, you you write it down. 
you tell that person about your negativity, but you don't send the letter. You don't actually tell them nope. that negativity. And so when you wrote that you whole get it out. 600 pages, you let it out, and then now you can cut that part and 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 just include the include the positivity. So I think I, I think that's that's the best way because I've read a lot of autobiographies that have negativity and and that then it just festers and it doesn't help anything. All it does is just yeah. you know just just put you can't grow you can't grow from that you know yeah. what i'm saying you can't you can't grow from that and for me like i plan on going out here with this book and doing book signings and doing you know talks about it yeah man i don't want to sit there and talk anything about anybody negative i just want to say nah everybody's you know you've got your ups and downs and there's good people and there's people that are, you know, making bad decisions. It yeah. doesn't make them bad people. We all make bad decisions, you know, or not. Amen. None of us are exempt from that. Amen. <laughs> well, uh, speak, speak. But yeah, a lot of a lot of growth in these projects, man, and and real, just real proud of both of them. Yeah. You know, and visually, when you look at them, when they're side by side, they they look like cousins. You know about, what I'm saying? Yeah. The album and the book. Yeah. They have a good look together. Uh, the album cover. Uh, me as is a you. three-year-old. Yeah. I mean, bro, you can't fake who you are at that age, man. That's, <laughs> that's Smo right there. That's the Smo, whether you like it or not. Need <laughs> you know? need to bring that hair back, man. That hairstyle needs yeah. to come back. It's nice. I like I it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for all the listeners out there, Florida listeners, you will be in Lakeland, Florida, this Friday, October fourth, at Wild Greg's Saloon. So they need to make sure to get yeah. down there near Tampa. It's going to be a, a good time for sure. There's all kinds. You're, you're all over the country after that. I saw some up in the uh, the northeast and then back northeast. in Tennessee. So you've got you you've got your shows cut out for you for the listeners. They need to check out that. They need to check out your book. They need to check out your your uh, album, and they can check all of it out on your website, uh, or they can follow you on social media. Real big smo. Uh, and make sure to keep up with everything, man. Smo, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure today, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, I look forward to coming down to Florida and seeing all y'all. I'm going to bring plenty of albums and plenty of books with me. Come on out and get your autographed copy of both. Definitely. I was about to say, and, and if you, you know, you can't make it out to the show, you can definitely still get the autographed copy on his website as well so he's yep. got he's got the uh, autographed copies which we actually got one in the studio of the album that we're going to put up on the wall because we obviously always like to represent everybody that's been on the show so uh definitely yeah. make, make sure you check out uh make sure you check out the show it's going to be a good time we will be right back here on the doc g show yep it is a beautiful day. Sometimes you just gotta give thanks. Here we go. I'm feeling good today. Not a worry in the world, not a shade of gray now. As I look into the faces of my daughters, all my problems fade away. Cause it wasn't so long ago, I was trapped in a world so dark and cold. And I'll admit, for a bit, I was lost, didn't wanna be found, yeah. But then I saw the sunlight shine down on the ground Yeah, I looked around and I realized when I saw the sky It was filled with light and not just black and white I've been up, I've been down I was lost but now I'm found 
to pick myself off the ground Can't stop while the world keeps spinning around I've been broke, I've been bruised I've had everything to lose If you're like me and don't get the blues This one is for you Rolling down a back road Down in the backwoods Somewhere out in Tennessee And you know that it's all good Sitting high in my K-5 And I never felt so alive As the breeze blows through the trees And all I can smell is the fresh cut green, yeah Everything feels so brand new Like there ain't nothing I can't do And it happens just like that I started at the bottom and so can you Take a look at yourself, be true If how you're living right now ain't you Make the change that's overdue And just let the light inside shine through I've been up, I've been down I was lost, but now I'm found Had to pick myself off the ground Can't stop while the world keeps spinning around I've been broke, I've been bruised I've had everything to lose If you like me and don't get the blues This one is for you You just heard Big Smo, fantastic jam. That one was this one's for you. That's right. Shout out to Big Smo for coming on the show. That was fantastic. Shout out. Yeah, that was shout out to him. Good stuff. That was a real interview right there. He's talking real stuff, man. Real stuff. So gotta, true. Real and positive, man. Got to keep it positive. Now I will say, uh, in that interview, uh, I did not know that as a child. He was uh, he got in trouble for blowing up mailboxes and well actually I, I will say I did know he got in trouble for that I didn't know that he was inspired by MacGyver Word. I did not know that's why he wanted to do that <laughs> and I am hoping I am hoping that he will take me up on my offer of watching MacGruber he needs to watch it fantastic so true. I think he will fantastic movie it will revive his love of macgyver and it will it will inspire a new love of mcgruber shout out to will forte um (laughs) thank you for big smoke coming on the show check out a show here it's gonna be a good one here this friday dave are you ready Hmm. next birthday suit Uh, i'm ready 
All right, this is the hardest one. I saved the hardest one, if you can believe that, for last. That was sweet of you. Because it is not your wheelhouse. Nope. This is not your wheelhouse. Okay, nope. Uh, born on October 2nd, 1951 in Northumberland, England. Our birthday suit wearer was named Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner. Wait, what? At birth. A four-namer. A four-namer. He was the oldest of four children. And I really like how Wikipedia states his mom and dad's occupations. It says his mom was a hairdresser and his dad was a milkman and an engineer. Wait, what? What? Oh, he was... <laughs> what? He was uh, dually, dual skilled. <laughs> Real side note for that engineer job. Hey! He is a classy-ass milkman. Oh, and by the way, he does engineering on the side like a wacko. Yeah, that's his side gig. <laughs> I feel like this this Wikipedia page was written by a milkman that was like, obviously, this is the important part. We need to put this first. Yes! Um, anyways, uh, our birthday suit wearer loved music at a young age, but he ended up going to Northumbria University and qualified as a teacher. So he taught for two years after college. Mm. But he kept playing music throughout the time that he was teaching, and he would play jazz with the Phoenix Jazz Man, uh, Jazz Men, and he would wear a black and yellow sweater, which led the rest of the band to say he looked like a wasp. Hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which led to his eventual nickname that he still goes by today. In 1977, he joined Stuart Copeland and Andy Summers to form the band The Police. They went on to have five studio albums that were extremely popular, with hits like Roxanne and Don't Stand, So Close to Me. That's right. Uh, He went on to do solo albums, which were extremely popular as well, with songs like Fields of Gold and Desert Rose. He performed at the open ceremonies of the Olympics the Queen's Birthday, the Grammys, and the Super Bowl in 2003 and 2016. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Dang, dude, I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. It's a one name. He goes by one name. Just one, one word. Hmm. I... No idea. What happens when a wasp attacks you? Hmm. It stings you. Exactly. Who is this? Hmm. Sting. Yeah. There it is. All right. Uh, I was about to say, I was like, really? Really? Let it soak in. Hold on. Thank you. I, I don't know who Sting is. Sting. It is Sting, man. He is uh, one of the best bass players and musicians of rock music history yes! is who Sting is. He is a fantastic guy. Um, I got some homework to do. He, uh, I <laughs> Believe me, celebrate the police catalog, my friend. They made some amazing, amazing music. Well, I've, I've heard of the police and some of those songs that you said, but when you started getting to the solo stuff, I'd, well, you check, lost Well, check out Fields of Gold. Check out Desert Rose. They're amazing songs as well. Amazing jams. Uh, I will. Sting is turning... 
A young 68. Say what? A young 68. A young spry 68. That's right. That was right, Sting. Celebrating the big 68. Happy birthday, Sting. Dave, this is where I tell you the amazing shows that are coming up. And I got to tell, tell you, all I, about it. I'm extremely excited about next week's show. We have Doug Seegers on the show. And yeah. uh, I, I dove into De- Doug's life. I knew a little bit about mm-hmm. Doug, but I dug into it this past week to really get to know Doug yeah. for this interview. And mm-hmm. I read his whole autobiography. Um, very, very in, in, just intriguing, man. That's right. This guy was uh, has been trying to be in the music industry for 40 years. Uh, wow. He, he became... Uh, homeless when he lost his job as a cabinet maker that was his you know part-time job while he was playing music came homeless mm-hmm. the whole time basically from when he was 17 until about 60 he was addicted to drugs and alcohol hardcore addicted and then he became Goodness even gracious. more addicted when he was homeless and all sure. of a sudden uh, as he would say I think by the grace of God he decided to just whoop stop drinking and when he stopped drinking, he was noticed randomly and serendipitously by this lady, Jill Johnson, from uh, from Sweden. Jeez. And she mm-hmm. recorded an album for him, and he became instantly a superstar in Sweden. Had a number one hit, millions of records sold. Everybody knows his wow. name in Sweden. And uh, now a good good amount of it. folks know him in America as well, for sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And we, we get to have the pleasure of talking to Doug, who also, just like Sting, is 68. So there you go. That's a fact. So we're gonna oh, we're gonna talk there. to we're gonna talk to uh, Doug. I can't wait. We've also got the Vagabonds coming up, the Shook Twins as well. We've got a lot in the chamber. That's right, Dave. We got a lot coming up. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait, dude. Look at you, man. You got the the lineup there. You got the whole roster. Amen. Amen. But until next time, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys, happy Victory Wednesday. Enjoy the last few hours of what? it. Oh, man. Victory Wednesday. I didn't know that's what it's called these days. Oh, man. Okay. Dude, it's the whole Victory Week, man. The Jags win again. So it's Minshew Mania is taking over. It's, it's going to reach the Doc G Show. It's called Victory Week for the Jacksonville Jaguar fans out there. I don't know how many of those are our fans. I'm going to guess all the people in Jacksonville. Probably not so much yep. in the Mozambique fans. I'm guessing not. Well, <laughs> if they want to join the Doc G family the and the Jaguars family, they're more than welcome to. They're, okay, there I we go. I open my arms to them. There we go. They got to learn the rules. They're like, okay, we don't play American football. And you're like, well, sorry. This is how you play it. Here's Minshew Just Madness. cheer for the Jags, Get baby. ready for it. Anyways. Put, put on a mustache and rock out with your socks out. Anyways. shorts. Next week, until then, this has been the Doc G Show, and I gotta say, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.